You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Bible's out. We have got about 55 verses to look at tonight. And so I've just, uh, there's a lot of verses. Some of them will read uh, multiple. We'll come back to the same verses. Uh, but here as we look at the Word of God, we started a series uh, two weeks ago on why. Why? Uh, there are so many people that do not know why they do what they do. And you know what? As, as a new believer, you, you, are, you are a babe in Christ. And as new believers... Uh, the Bible says that you desire the sincere milk of the word, uh, desire the sincere milk of the word that you can grow thereby. There's nothing wrong with being a babe in Christ. That is not a bad thing. Uh, you are alive spiritually, and so when you get saved, you are a baby in Christ. Uh, but we're not supposed to stay a baby. We're supposed to grow, and we're supposed to mature to where we can then go to feeding ourselves, to then going to meet of the word, uh, to be able to teach others, that's part of God's plan. But if all we are doing is being spoon-fed every service, and that's the only Bible that you are getting, there is a whole dynamic that's missing. You see, it can't be my faith that has to become your faith. We, don't want our, we want our kids to adopt our faith, but it is not that we just want them to have faith while they're at home. We want them, when they are stepping out on their own, to take their faith with them. And it not be in mom and dad's faith, but it's their faith that they have decided, that they have studied, that they have believed for themselves. And then when the winds blow and the storms rage, they'll be able to stand. But if it's somebody else's faith and it's just because of what mom and dad said or because of what the pastor said or a youth pastor said, it's not going to stand. And they will walk away from the faith. And so we don't want to see that happen. Uh, so we're going to look at several verses uh, for time's sake. If you want to try to keep up, you may. Uh, if you're quick, the kids are quick. Uh, in school, we do sword drills on, on chapel day, and they are fast. There is no way that I could keep up with the kids. Uh, it is pretty amazing to watch. Uh, we will give them a, a verse, and the first one, everybody's holding their Bibles up. We give them a, a, a verse, and they, we say go. They pull it down. They flip to those verses, and the kids are popping up like popcorn, uh, trying to be the first one to, uh, uh, to read out that scripture. Uh, they are quick. Uh, so uh, not everybody is as quick as they are. So now, we'll have the verses up on the screen as well. Uh, but all of us start out as Christians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, uh, because they are spiritually discerned. So you have to be uh, spiritual to understand spiritual things. That is what God is saying. A lost person is not spiritual, therefore they cannot have spiritual discernment of the Word of God. 
Uh, they cannot see things. Not saying they, they can't read, uh, but they will not have the spiritual enlightenment that is necessary. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul writing, he said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? And so uh, here he, he's referring back to the milk versus the meat uh, and where they should have been. Uh, we finished up last week, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. The Bible says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. And that's what we looked at this last week. For when the time, uh, for when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised uh, to discern both good and evil. So with that, we sense here that we are to be growing in our faith. We need to have our, our senses exercised. What senses? Our spiritual senses need to be exercised, strengthened, so we can, uh, we can rightly use the Word of God. Uh, so uh, verse number 11, he says that we need to be sensitive. Sensitive what? We need to be sensitive to hear. Uh, we need to be students in verse number 12. We need to be skillful in verse number 13, and then we need to be strong in verse number 14. Now, how does that happen? And so often what we will find is that there is a lot of truth that we learn, and in church is a great place to learn truth, amen? Uh, but that can't be your only place. But with this, in the world that we live in, we live in a world where uh, people are wanting to be motivated. People are wanting to be patted on the back. And we live in a world of TED Talks and motivational speeches. And if that is the norm, and it is becoming the norm in churches, the title of the message tonight is, Why Preaching? Why Preaching? Why do we preach when the world around us is just soaking up all these little ditties. I mean, they're getting something off of some social media post as though that just replaced spiritual teaching and preaching. Why preaching? And so tonight we're going to look at that for the next hour and a half. No, just kidding. Why preaching? And let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would help us. Lord, we have spent time corporately as a church. We've sung together tonight. We've enjoyed the children singing. We have prayed together. We've read your word together. 
But now, Lord, when it comes to the preaching, I pray that you would do the work that you want accomplished in each and every one of our lives. May this message, though it is a teaching-style message, may the preaching of God's Word uh, have the desired effect in the hearts of your people, and may we truly learn to understand why we preach and why we do what we do. And so help us now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So here as we look, why preaching? Uh, and, and why do we not just have talks? Why, why do I have a pulpit instead of this little a stool and just a little lectern? Why? There's a reason. And it's a Bible reason. Now, my guests lecterns? No. I almost got rid of the pulpit tonight just as, a, uh, as an illustration, uh, but I uh, didn't want to do that. Uh, so uh, why, uh, do we do, why do we preach? Why is there such emphasis on preaching? Uh, and what really does it mean to preach? Take your Bibles, go to 2 uh, Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Uh, if you are taking notes, just jot down the verses uh, because I'm going to give you a bunch of them tonight. Uh, Brother David and Miss Ingrid, do we need, do we need spiritual ca- marriage counseling tonight? All right, preach. I mean, Miss Ingrid's back there, and Brother David's up here, uh, so just teasing. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. And the Bible says, now this is, the, this is what's called the pastoral epistles. All right, Timothy, First uh, and Second Timothy, and Titus, these are the pastoral epistles. So these are written to the pastors to, uh, so they know what to do with the church, what the order, uh, how things are supposed to go, uh, and the teaching that needs to be there, the emphasis that needs to be there are in the pastoral epistles. Uh, with that, we as a church then, as a believer, should be able to look at it and say, this is what's supposed to be in the church. This is what I'm supposed to be looking for when I go to church. I'm not supposed to be just looking for what the church can offer. I remember when we first moved here uh, in 2010, uh, people would come and visit, and, and then we would uh, go visit them in the home and doing follow-up, and they say, well, what do you have for the uh, teenagers? We have church. What, what do you have for the, the children's ministry? We have church. What do you have for the uh, single adult ladies? We have church. What do you have for uh, choir? We have church. Uh, I mean, we didn't have anything. We, we, we did have junior church, uh, but there was, it was definitely a different dynamic. And I'm gl- grateful that we have a lot of things now, uh, but we didn't then. But people would come as though church is a re- retail transaction. Church is not a retail transaction. Church is a spiritual body that God instituted uh, of believers, and he has a job that he wants accomplished. So let's look here uh, about this. 2 Timothy 4, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust or desires 
Uh, Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables? Let me tell you, we are in that day right now. We are living there right now. And unfortunately, too many believers are going out just trying to get these little tidbits, uh, and they are ignoring the preaching and teaching that's going on right in their own local church by the pastor that God has given to them, and they are trying to look for something else and it is creating problems. Uh, That's not what God's plan was. It was for the church. He said in verse 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So here we find the charge of young Timothy by the apostle Paul and the charge was preach the word. It was preach the word. Uh, the word preach, it, that was the admonition. Uh, the apostle Paul was admonishing Timothy to preach. Uh, preach the word. That's the Bible. That's the word of God. Uh, the doctrines, the teachings, the principles, the statutes, the application. That is what we are supposed to be preaching. The word. Uh, the word preach literally means uh, to cry aloud, to proclaim, to declare, uh, to announce. It is, it is the word that means to call something, to appeal to, to implore to somebody. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, when he said, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. The word reprove means to prove or show to be guilty. Now just wait a second. That means that the purpose of the preaching and teaching isn't to pat us on the back. Man, every time I go to that church, I feel guilty. That is what preaching is. It is to show the error. Is it to show the error to discourage somebody? No, it is to show the error so they can get it right. It is to show what truth is. And so it's to preach, uh, to reprove there. It is to uh, expose, it is to convict. Now, the devil is one that makes us guilty. God doesn't make us guilty. Guilt is a tool of the devil. Conviction is a tool of the Holy Spirit of God. You know, when when you feel guilty about something, that that is not the Spirit of God making you feel guilty. You know, the devil doesn't, or the Lord doesn't dig up our past and throw it into our face. You know who does that? The accuser of the brethren. And what is he endeavoring to do? He is endeavoring to make us feel guilty, worthless, so we are unable to move forward for God. The Holy Spirit, on the other hand, will convict us to show us the error of our way so we can get it right. Uh, There's two separate things. And as a believer, if we don't know what the difference between the guilt of the devil and the work of the Holy Spirit of God, you are a babe in Christ. There's a difference. And we've got to know the we got to know the voice of God in our life. 
We've got to know when the Spirit of God is leading us and guiding us and directing us or when the devil is coming alongside trying to push us down and trying to discourage us. Uh, he, he is the accuser of the brethren. Uh, so uh, the word preaching, in this preaching, he said that we are to reprove. In the preaching, he said we are to rebuke. Uh, that word rebuke means to admonish, to warn forcefully. To warn forcefully as expressing strong approval. How many times the people think, man, that pastor just gets up there and yells all the time. Now, as a Christian, when the pastor was preaching and the, the message was stepping on my toes, I, I learned to like that. Why? Because I knew it was right. You know, if I got up and I started preaching something that was heretical, there are enough strong believers in here that say, whoa, 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 that is not right. But when you're, when you're standing up and teaching and preaching the Word of God, you know, for the believer, that ought to be refreshing why should it be refreshing? Because it is giving me something that I need. Uh, the reproving, the rebuking, the exhorting. That is to earnestly support and encourage a response or action. And, and so here, the exhorting. Everything about preaching is not negative. Everything about preaching isn't you come in and get your face ripped off every time you walk into service. Uh, that would not be good. Uh, that's what evangelists do. And they come in and they preach messages and they blow everything up. And then the pastor spends the next six weeks trying to put everything back together again. Uh, and so uh, there's a difference in the ministry that's there. Uh, but here, the exhorting, uh, that is necessary. That is that encouraging. That is that helping us to take what we know and to put it into practice and apply it in our life. And so uh, there's multiple different facets here. He said that we are to exhort with all all long suffering and doctrine. The ex exhortation is going to come and patience to allow people to grow with all long suffering. You know, as, as believers, when you finally get something and you, you learn something and you make and get victory in your life, don't walk around being the police for everybody else that hasn't got there yet. I have seen that so many times. It took them forever to get there, but now somebody else just, they just got saved. Okay, well, you need to work on this right here. That becomes their hobby horse, and we don't want to be there. Uh, but the exhortation, uh, we see how the preaching, uh, how it was promoted in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Uh, that's what preaching is supposed to do. Preaching is supposed to be telling people what's wrong. It is not just to come and make everybody feel good so we can go back out in the world and live just like we were living before. That's not the plan. 
You see, in the Old Testament, the prophets was to cry aloud. The preachers, the pastors in the New Testament, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 2, it was preach the word. Uh, preach the word. So I'm going to give you several things tonight. I'm, I'm watching the clock in the back. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, so several points tonight I want you to see. Preaching, number one, preaching isn't passive. Preaching isn't passive. Uh, we, we see in, in Jeremiah 6 uh, through verse 10. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Uh, God was telling the prophet, he said, Listen, uh, this preaching is not passive. When preaching is passive, there is no change. There's nothing expected. If we can come in and we can listen to a Bible study and walk right back out, and there was no conviction, there was no application, there's a problem. There's a problem because preaching demands a verdict. Preaching is truth set on fire. What is it? It's that truth, but it's, it gets put out there, but there's a hook in it. To now I've got to do something with what I just heard and what I just learned. I am so glad that I've had pastors like that in my life uh, because it wasn't someplace where I could just go and sit and be the same. I had to make a decision. You see, it's not supposed to just be passive. Uh, Mark 1, verse 14, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. What was Jesus doing? He was preaching a message that was not passive. The kingdom of God is at hand. Judgment is coming. You better get ready. Accept the gospel. You better believe. You see, it's not passive. Preaching is not passive. Secondly, preaching is passionate. Preaching is passionate. And that's where in Isaiah 58.1, Cry aloud and spare uh, not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the, the house of Jacob their sins. They were, they were to preach. They were to proclaim. They were to pronounce. They were to herald the message. Uh, it's not quiet. It's not subdued. And it's not, uh, it is passionate. It's not passive. It's passionate. Thirdly, preaching is probing. Preaching is probing. It's going to get into your business. You know, God cares about every part of my life. For the Christian, nothing is secular. Everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. So what will happen? God wants to infiltrate 
and control every part of our life. Not just our Sunday, not just our Wednesday. God wants to control every part of our life uh, in the workplace, in the, uh, out in the uh, community, uh, within the walls of our home. The Lord should be honored. See, preaching is probing. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 51 through 54. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them with which uh, showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now been betrayers and murderers, uh, who have received the law by disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Uh, who is preaching here? Stephen. One of the first deacons. Stephen's up preaching. And you know what? The preaching message was probing. He went all the way back into history and started revealing the foundational failures of their, their belief system. And how they did not have anything to stand on because they were not standing on truth. Preaching is probing. Preaching, number four, is personal. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into unto fables. You know, be careful who you listen to. When somebody is causing you to doubt your faith, why do, you, why do you read their post? Why? You know, Paul told Timothy, the, he said, he said uh, the things that thou hast learned of me among, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know what he was saying? He said, what I gave you was good, it was right, don't change anything. The same thing that you got for me, you are in turn to not only receive it, you are to hand off to those coming behind you the exact same faith. Same faith. If that had not happened, you and I would not have any faith. Somebody stood true. Don't you change. Don't change. The devil wants to destroy. He is, he is a liar. Preaching is personal. Number five, preaching is pointed. Preaching brings people to a decision. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, uh, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise, and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish? 
foolish, uh, made foolish the wisdom of this world. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Uh, preaching is the plan that God has given. It is pointed, and it is going to uh, cause a decision. It's pointed for the sinner. It brings conviction, which leads to salvation. For the saved, uh, preaching will bring enlightenment and encouragement. It will bring empowerment so we can grow uh, in our faith, so we can go into this world and be a witness for the Savior, so we can give back uh, to others and to the, the kingdom of God. Uh, for the scorner, we see that, re, that the preaching should cause repentance. It should lead to restoration. And if it does not lead to that, it will lead to removal. And in 1 Corinthians, we find how the disorderly were removed from the body of, of the church. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. The seventh was he that dis, soweth discord among the brethren. And what happens, we see that they are pulled out of fellowship. The desire is not to alienate. The desire is to get them to recognize what they have lost. The necessity. So they'll want to get it back. And in 2 Corinthians, we find how the individual that was put out of the church got things right and came back. That was the goal. What do we find? We see preaching. It's personal. Preaching, lastly, here, it's not a performance. Preaching here is not choreographed. We're not trying to create this performance that just pushes everybody to do a certain end desire. Preaching is a spiritual process where the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and works in the heart of the child of God. And we have to be sensitive to make sure that we are, when we come to church, that we are preparing our heart to receive what God has. You see, why do we preach? Because God, that's what God said to do. Preaching is the emphasis within the body. Is there music? Absolutely. Uh, is, is there uh, the worship that comes from music? Absolutely. And we have increased our, our music, and, and I'm excited about that. I feel like it really helps prepare our hearts and, and leads us into a place of worship. Uh, but with that, uh, preaching is where God takes his word and he does a work in our hearts. And there is a responsibility when we hear the word to do something with it. You know, you and I are responsible and we'll give an account for the truths that God has imparted to us. There are people that have never heard what you hear on a weekly basis. There are people that I, I personally average about 35 verses. Almost every message, there's about 35 verses. 
There are people that have not heard 35 verses in their life because the Word of God is not allowed. And here we have so much that we have been given. We will be held accountable for that. Let's not take what God has blessed us with and disregard it. You see, we present the truth in an attempt to honor God and His Word. Ephesians 3.21, Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Colossians 1.17 and 18, And He is above all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. We want the Lord to be honored. We preach the word so he would be honored. We preach the word to help the believer. Acts 2, verse 41 through 47. We see how God had given the word. Uh, and the people, uh, they, they gathered, they received it, and it impacted their life. Acts 20, verse 26 to 32. We see how Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. You see, so much that we have been given, and there's a responsibility. Too many have walked into churches, and too many churches have turned into performances. They've turned into entertainment centers, and that's what, not what the church is supposed to be about. God told the pastors, preach the word. Preach the word. I'm done. I have preached for about 35 minutes. The Apostle Paul preached till after midnight, you remember? And then that man fell out of the window. He fell asleep like Brother Jewel did earlier tonight. <laughs> you know, we... We have become, even as believers that love the Lord, we have, we have become so, so scheduled that we don't want the pastor to go longer. If I preach for an hour and a half, probably lose 25% of the crowd and within a month we probably lose half of the crowd and one of them would have been my wife but when we get out of America that's normal they will walk for miles to come sit on a concrete floor or dirt floor and stay there for hours just to be able to read the Bible and to hear the teaching of God's Word. We've got to reprogram ourselves. We've got to get back to a place where we truly want to hear from heaven so much that we won't mind if we sit a little bit longer. But why preaching? Because that's what God says. 
And if God says that he wants preaching, then that means that he wants responses to that preaching. He wants us to take what we learn and use it in our lives. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you give us, Lord, just the the outlines of what we should do, how we ought to live, uh, so we can please you. Thank you for preserving your word for us and then allowing us to be in a place where it's preached and taught and uh, loved. We thank you for that. But I pray that you'd help all of us, Lord, to truly develop and to mature and to grow our love for preaching. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.